Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. We're so blessed that you're joining us today. You know, at the time of this recording, as we're preparing for the Christmas season, the celebration of the Lord's birth, at least that's what it was meant to be, not the commercialized things we see today, but that's a story for a different day. Now, as I say, as we're preparing to celebrate the birth of our Lord into this earth, many, many churches will have their little children's plays about the no room in the inn and born in the barn and laid in a manger. And that's okay. At least it's something. But I am almost 100% certain that most of you have not really studied this out for yourself. But our guest today has, and what she's going to share with us today will give you a more complete understanding of every single aspect of the Christmas story. I know it will because I was moved by the Lord two, three years ago to start looking at this myself. And I've shared this story the past couple of years on our radio program, Freedom Through Faith, that airs on Evangelism Radio. And I would run this particular teaching just before Christmas, the last two years, and I'm planning on doing it again this year, praise God. And I said all that because Dr. Christine Van Horn has written an absolutely fabulous book that details every facet of this story, and it'll just blow your mind on the misinformation you've been fed over the years. Her book, The Tower of the Flock, will expound upon things you've always known, but then open your eyes to the story behind the story. And then she shares with you the importance of that backstory to the fulfillment of Scripture, especially when it comes to the birth of Jesus. Folks, this is going to be an absolutely blessed interview. I can't wait to get started. But before we do, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Christine Van Horn. She's an author, teacher, and speaker. She's the author of six books, with three of them focusing on teaching character and foundational values. Her most recent book is Teach Your Children Timeless Truths and Uncertain Times. We did an interview on that book about a month or so ago. So I direct you to our archives and look up episodes number 1173 and 1174. Now, Christine has been the team leader for a children's program called Character Club. She has a doctorate degree in theology, serves in the children's ministry at Insight Church in Tinley Park, Illinois. She was also on the faculty of the International College of Excellence Bible College. She also has a coaching program that brings all these things together called Wisdom Decisions and Foundational Values. And as I said today, we'll be discussing one of her books today titled The Tower of the Flock. Help me welcome to the program, Dr. Christine Van Horn. Christine, it is so good to have you back on the program today. Oh, Pastor Bob, I am so happy to be back. The last interview was so good, and I'm really looking forward to this one. We're pretty like-minded in this topic and this understanding of uh, the Christmas story and how much more there is in Scripture than we often know. Amen, amen. And when we were discussing the other books, and the Tower of the Flock was one that immediately caught my attention. And like I said, I received a revelation on this about three years ago, I guess, and started to study this out for myself. And I can say, after going through your book, you put this down and more eloquently than I could ever try and do. <laughs> and it is really a great presentation. 
But before we get into the book and what the Tower of the Flock is all about, for the sake of possibly new listeners that may not have heard your prior interview, tell us in your own words, who is Dr. Christine Van Horn? Oh, thank you. I, I consider myself a teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's taken many different aspects. Some of my books are um, in-depth scriptural studies. Some are on character. I've just really looked at society today versus what it used to be when I was growing up and seeing that difference. And, and that's been a big focus uh, of my life right now, teaching uh, character to uh, to children you know, and teaching adults how to teach that to children. But now as we go into the, the Christmas season, my heart is really on the Christmas story. And you and I have talked through this and are so like-minded and, you know, that, you know, we hear things in scripture, but you know, there's so much more. There's so much more yeah. once you really delve into it. And uh, so, so that's what we'll talk through today. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, fasten your seatbelts because here we go. Now, Christine, what led you to studying the biblical references that led you to the Tower of the Flock? Several years ago at Christmas time, I was sitting in Christmas service at my church, and uh, I uh, asked the Lord, why was Jesus born in a manger? You know, it, it's something that had been in my mind for a while, but I just asked the question and immediately knew the answer. And you know when it's from God, because it's just instantaneous. It doesn't like come to your mind. It's just there. And um, the answer was because he had to begin his life as a lamb. And I was just totally taken aback. I wrote that down in my my journal and uh, and started the study. And I found Jesus was not that he, he was not just beginning his life as a lamb, he was beginning his life as the lamb. And that had so many implications from scripture. So the Lord led me on a study. It was my own personal Bible study. So this was not intended as a book I was writing, but as it evolved, I realized there was so much that was in here. I decided to write it as a book. And uh, and, and it's all based on scripture. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And you start your book by taking us all the way back to the days of Jacob and Rachel. How do they lay the groundwork for the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem? Well, um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and we often don't hear why. It's just Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Well, there was a real specific reason. And so that was really my first question, is when I started doing this study, why Bethlehem? And the answer uh, was really that it was... Um, Jesus's lineage, you know, he came from and his ancestors came from uh, Bethlehem. So what I want to, to do is the main scriptures that I used are out of the book of Micah. We don't often hear Micah quoted, but uh, the lineage of Bethlehem really began about you know, way before that period of time. So the book of Micah was written about 500 years before Jesus's birth. And I want to quote this to you. So I'm going to read it. This is Micah 5.2 out of the New King James Version. And this is where it was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And it says, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler over Israel, whose going forths are from old, 
from everlasting. So that's Micah 5.2, New King James Version. And I encourage all of your listeners to look that up because some of those words are capitalized and they're capitalized because it's referring to either Jesus or God. And, and so it's they're capitalized for a reason, which you don't hear in what I'm saying. But what this passage really says is that Bethlehem was a small village from the tribe tribe of Judah. And in studying the geography back in those days, Ephrathah was a settlement within Bethlehem. Uh, so it just describes an area uh, within Bethlehem. Like and a little neighborhood. Like a neighborhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it says that the ruler of Israel will come from there. His origins are from older, from everlasting. So that's referring to, to God. You know, it's saying that Jesus is going to come from Bethlehem. So this is the root of where uh, prophecy uh, refers to, to this. And then that was really fulfilled in scripture uh, in Luke 2, 11. This is out of the New Living Translation. And it says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David. So it prophesies this is where Jesus is going to be born. But it still doesn't really answer the question you asked of me, which is, why Bethlehem? And that's the same question I had of the Lord. So it really goes way, way back in time. And the first time we hear of Bethlehem is uh, in scriptures is with Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, and his wife, Rachel. And they were traveling, and they were traveling near Bethlehem, and Rachel went into childbirth. She was the mother of ben Benjamin, and then also Joseph, and he was the one that we know of from Scripture who was sold into slavery in Egypt. Um, and But she died giving birth to Benjamin there. And it says that, you know, they were near Bethlehem and that she was buried there. It then goes on to say that... Um, that, you know, they, they pitched, well, she died there. And actually, by the way, her tomb still exists there today. Uh, so you can see it. But it says that Jacob then pitched his tent uh, beyond the Tower of Eder. But this, and that's important. And, and we'll see that in, in just a little bit. But so that's the first time that we really hear of, of Bethlehem. Um, but it still doesn't give the reason why Jesus was born there is like looking at the lineage. So shall I continue on with that? Well, in your book, I love how you laid all this out because you actually walk the reader through several Old Testament characters and how they were all involved in stitching together yes. or weaving together all these events that they were involved in to ultimately come to the point where Jesus was born right exactly where scripture said he would be. And we don't have time to go into all the details of these individuals. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to give you a name and then you just give us two or three sentence summary or so of, of how they contributed to the tower of the flock story for Jesus. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. So we've already discussed Jacob and Rachel. Let's talk about Ruth. Ruth, um, from the book of Ruth, uh, she was a Moabite who was not from, you know, the, the land of, of the Jews. And uh, she, um, her husband died and she moved with her mother um, to Bethlehem. And so her, her mother, Naomi, you know, and her moved to Bethlehem. And there she met Boaz and married Boaz. So Boaz was from Bethlehem. They had a son 
named Obed, uh, who had a son, Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David. So the the land that was owned by Naomi, um, I'm sorry, owned by, um, oh, yes, and uh, Boaz, and then uh, with his wife, um, Ruth, you know, it followed in their lineage. So all the way till the time of David, um, that land was in the family. So that was David's land. And Jesus so, was the descendant of David. So if I follow him correctly, Ruth married Boaz, who's the great grandfather of King David. And they went on their continued journeys. Jacob ended up dying and made his son's promise to bury him next to, to you know, uh, Rachel. And that more or less established the ownership of the land for that lineage. And Boaz was in the lineage of Jacob and Rachel. And he became the great-grandfather, basically, of King David. So let's talk about David's father, Jesse, the father of David. When Samuel was instructed to go to the family of Jesse to anoint the next king, I always wondered, why Jesse? You know, I mean... Why, why, you know, out of all the families, why did God tell Samuel to go to the family of Jesse and not some other family? But now in your book, you cleared this up completely explaining why Jesse, right? Yes. Um, I want to turn your attention to the book of Isaiah, and it was prophesied. Um, Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 2, and then verses uh, verse 10. And it says, there shall come forth a rod, that's capitalized, so that means Jesus, from the stem of Jesse, and a branch, with a capital B, shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, again with a capital H. So that's talking about Jesus is going to descend from Jesse. And then in verse 10, it says, and in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, again, root being capitalized. So it has been prophesied that Jesus would come from the lineage of Jesse and the lineage of, you know, following all the way down from, from Jacob, as you had mentioned, all the way through to the time of Jesus, it establishes that lineage. And David was a man after God's own heart. You know, God yeah. established that it was really David that was going to be that, you know, the in that lineage of the Lord. And and Mary and Joseph were both descendants of David. Yeah. yeah. They Amen. they both really were. So it was not just one or the other, but they both came from that lineage of David. Amen. And, and you know, we can picture now the reason why David was out in the field tending the sheep, right? And that's yes. the exact same field that the shepherds would be tending to their flocks when Jesus was born. Is that correct? That is correct. So, you know, it is from that lineage, that story just continues all the way through scripture. So Bethlehem was established as the place where that land belonged um, into the family of David and his predecessors. And you know, it's where the, the flocks were, were tended uh, in those fields. So that exp is the explain the importance of those flocks. They're just not, you know, like, okay, this is where my farm is and this is where your farm is. But what was the importance of that particular pasture land? You know, and this is this is one of the things that the Lord really revealed to me and I think is so critical. We don't hear those flocks in Bethlehem were raised for the temple sacrifices. So those specifically, 
specifically. Specifically. So, you know, that land goes, you know, back to the time of, of Jacob and Rachel, and it just follows through, not only through the descendant line, but the land line. So those, those shepherds were raising the flock for the temple sacrifices. What this means is those were not ordinary shepherds. Yeah. Or ordinary sheep. <laughs> or ordinary sheep. You are so correct. You know, these, these were not, you know, just shepherds. They were holy men. Yeah. They had a mission for, you know, raising the, these temple, the temple flock, the temple sheep. And, and there comes so much um, importance with it. They had to ensure that those sheep were unblemished. So that, you know, it, it wasn't just like, you know, shepherds in a field raising flock and okay, here's a lamb and this one's limping or this is what has this problem. No, they had to ensure that those lambs were perfect, totally unblemished and ready for sacrifice to the Lord in the temple. And that changes the whole perspective on who these shepherds really were. So yep. these are the shepherds of Bethlehem. This is what their mission really was. And, and those shepherds, I've seen it written where they were actually part of the priesthood. I mean, these just aren't your normal, you know, I need a job. Okay, go out there and be a shepherd. No, no. These were trained specialists in the lambs for the offering. And that was, you know, I, when I explain the rabbinical priesthood, you know, a lot of people think, oh, okay, so you're a pastor, so you just go preach, and that's what a rabbi is. no. I explained the the teaching, the training of the rabbis. I have a teaching on this called Samika of Jesus, where when they get to the point where they've gone all the way through to schooling, now they're ready to go into their calling. Just like when we go to college, we study accounting or science or mm-hmm. you know management. You have a specialty that you want to be drawn to, and that's where you'll serve. The priesthood has the same thing. They got the preachers, but they also got, you know, the administrators and they got the, the you know, the shepherds and, you know, all this stuff. And that's their specific training is in taking care of the flocks for sacrifice. And it's just not a job that they hired a bum off to say, hey, I need, need some help. Come on, I'll be a shepherd for six months. You know, nothing. No, these were specially trained people to take care of the most important sacrifices in the nation. And, and it's Absolutely. important people that are standing. It's just not some bums sleeping out in the field because they were homeless and they figure, well, I'll make a buck while I'm out here doing this. You know? No, they were such, you know, specialists. They were holy men. They were priests. Mm-hmm. You know, they were given an incredible task to ensure that the sacrifices were prepared, ready, unblemished for the Lord. So it meant that that things had to be done specially. So I'm not sure, you know, how how it was for the birth of other lambs. It was probably just wherever, but they had a special place where those lambs were birthed, and yep. um, and, and they that takes had, us to the Tower of the Flock. That special place, yeah, because all this explains why the Jews were supposed to know that the Messiah was supposed to come from the line of David. And they, they did understand that. They understood he was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. They understood that. But they mm-hmm. never put two and two together concerning no. the birth of Jesus. So let's dive now into the importance of what the Tower of the Flock really is. Because in the in the traditional birth of Jesus nativity scene, Bible stories and all that goes with it, you know, I first want to debunk 
every single one of those narratives. So let's start by stepping all over the spiritual toes out there. <laughs> okay. Let's start at the birth of Jesus, and then we're going to get into the importance of the Tower of the Flock. But what kind of husband would make his wife take that kind of journey when she was nine months pregnant? I mean, that's what we're led to believe, but that's not really what happened. Right. No, it, it it isn't because if you turn to the the scriptures, it says while they were there. So you know we know that they needed to go to Bethlehem uh, so that they could uh, you know register uh, in in the town of of their inheritance. But um, I'm looking at Luke chapter two, verse six, and it says while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. So, you know, we often hear they just, you know, rolled into town and she's giving birth and they can't find room in the inn. And so they just have to go to this, you know, haphazard stable and there's all these animals here. And that isn't that isn't what really happened. You know, they well, were mean, there wasn't this old geezer type of, of, you know, clerk at the Holiday Inn that said, we ain't got no room. <laughs> but, you know, well, you're giving OK, go out back where the donkeys are. You can have babies out there. You know, that's that's not really what happened. No, because, you know, Mary and Joseph, they were descendants of David. You know, they they were of a royal bloodline. And so in Bethlehem, they had family. They had a place to go. They would go to the home of their, you know, inheritance. Their, their relatives lived relatives. there. Relatives, yeah. Yeah, they would go to the home of their, their relatives. It, it, it wasn't just, you know, they had nowhere to go. They had a place to go. And and it says in scripture, while they were there, her days were ready, you know, to be delivered. So it kind of changes. And that's, I mean, that's just looking at the words of scripture. Yeah. But it yeah. changes the way we've come to believe, you know, they just rolled into town and there was nowhere for them to go. And they had to go <laughs> where the animals were. And, and that's where Jesus was born. That's really not the case. Okay. So why wouldn't, if she's staying in a family member's home, then why wouldn't they just say, okay, oh, you're giving birth. Okay, Mary's giving birth. You know, let's take her in the bedroom or whatever, and, and we'll come out when everything's done. Why wouldn't they do that? It, if you study the Torah, there are specific things for what they considered clean and unclean, and blood was unclean. So in the birthing process, there is blood. And so um, they could not just be with the family. They needed to be separated so that the family was not considered unclean. So looking at the 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 process, they needed to not be in that home. Um so that so they that's didn't why they went to the barn out back. No. <laughs> that's what we're led to believe, isn't it? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what we're we're really you know led to believe. You know and and looking at um scripture uh, the you know we look at the word in you know there's no room in the inn. that's in. that that guest chamber in the family home that's where Amen. they were were at yeah. um but, but along with everybody else that was there like a yes. family reunion you know you got aunts exactly. and uncles and cousins and everybody else yes. there yeah it, it really is and so you know they had to follow the requirements of the torah and you know when anyone would you know any woman would be giving birth they needed to be separated well um they needed to be separated so they needed to be somewhere else during that birthing process and it wasn't the barn out back no okay <laughs> so what was the tower of the flock why was that the perfect place for a pregnant woman to go give birth because they're they got 
sheep and lambs out there. You know, what, what's going on with that? Well, the tower of the flock is is where Jesus was born. And I can go back into to scripture and I'm I'm going to go back into the book of Micah. Um so now this time Micah 4 8 and I want to read this out of the New King James Version and it says so you know if this is still in that same process of talking about Jesus you know in Bethlehem that was just in 5 2. Now we're just you know backtracking to 4 8 out of Micah and it says and you O tower of the flock the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you it shall come, even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. And what it's really saying is that um, to the tower of the flock, which in other translations are uh, Migdal Eater, or it may just say Eater, it's the same location, the former dominion, that's the Lord God in Jesus, shall come or be revealed, bringing in his kingdom. So the tower of the flock, because we see that, uh, you know, in in Genesis with with Jacob, um, and that's where Rachel, you know, died and was buried. And it says he pitched his tent um, beyond the tower of Eder, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on the different translations. Some will say a watchtower, some will say tower of Eder. It's, It's the same location the tower of the flock. Okay, so let's pause right there for a second. Cause we're tying in Jacob and Rachel with the day of Jesus, the tower yeah. of eater mentioned in both spots, but the Jewish religion wasn't established with Jacob and Rachel yet. Right. The, yes. the traditional yes. thing. So why would they have the tower of eater mentioned in both spots? And the reason is that pasture land was perfect. God ordained this long, long in advance. You know, we just have this feeling that, you know, it was very haphazard. They're in the town just because this was decreed and, and you know, and, and Jesus was born in a stable and it's, you know, very haphazard. That's not the case. God established the mm-hmm. lineage of the land, the lineage yep. of the people, the exact locations. This was precision. Yeah. God doesn't do anything by chance, That's right. That's you know, right. especially with the birth of his son. This was yep. Preordained. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this interview with Dr. Christine Van Horns. We've been discussing her book, The Tower of the Flock. Now, this recording is made as we're getting ready to enter the Christmas season, and you're going to see these nativity scenes pop up all over the place, and you're going to hear the Bible story, but I wanted you to hear the true story. Now, I've got the revelation on this about three years ago or so, and I've been sharing it, but she did and wrote a book about it. Praise God. And she's got the scripture references, the historical references, and the lineage references, everything you need to make sure that you understand exactly what happened on the day the, the day Jesus was born. And it wasn't at Christmas time, although that's when the world shares it and, and you know celebrates it. I think Jesus is like, well, at least they're remembering you know, because he is the reason for the season, and some people will get born again during this time of year. So I don't think he much cares about when we celebrate it. The important part is you need to understand what it is all about, and that's what this episode was about. And the good news is this was just part one of a great two-part interview, and you do not want to miss the conclusion of our discussion about Towers of the Flock. Now, drop down the show notes. Click the links right there. Order your books. You need to make sure you get copies of her book because 
order a couple of copies, pass them out at Christmas, tell people this is the true Christmas story, share it with your pastor, he's going to enjoy it. Don't think that he knows this stuff already. I've been in the ministry close to 30 years, 28 plus years, and I didn't find out about this till about three years ago. Amen. So, you know, some people don't study that particular aspect until something sparks them to do so. And that's what you're hearing in this episode as well. So until next time, as Pastor Bob remind you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.